This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. One of the oldest and hardest to accept teachings of the Catholic faith is the dogma that outside the church there is no salvation. Many people have left over that teaching, which until the time of the council had always been interpreted by the church to mean that Catholics had a duty to evangelize people, to bring them into the Catholic faith and into the church. This meant spreading the gospel to Protestants, to those of the innumerable creeds that don't recognize Christ for anything at all, and yes, to atheists and to even those groups with valid ordinations and sacraments who are in formal schism with the Catholic faith. But with the Vatican II, Second Vatican Council came a formalized mental gymnastics to redefine what the Catholic Church was, so that pretty much anyone who was already in the church in some way, as they as long as they professed the occasional Catholic-sounding truth, that brought plenty of non-Catholics into the faith. This has led to a whole host of problems, including in our time, Francis looking down his nose at those who do missionary work with non-Christian groups, as well as to him bluntly telling people of other creeds to not convert, but to be the best, whatever they already are, that they can be, that God wants them to be that instead of Catholic, that God positively wills they're not being Catholic. Today, I have a story that really doubles down on this heresy, and it makes it clear that Rome has indeed lost the faith, as evidenced by their forthcoming attempt to canonize non-Catholic figures, because that's where they're going. But of course, before we get into that, I wanted to thank the patrons and channel members for their continued support of Return to Tradition, especially in these kind of weird, uncertain times. But contributing like a dollar a month to the work of the channel, they keep the news and analysis coming, so a big thanks to them. And for that, they get the occasional early access video and other things. So if you want to become a patron of this channel, there's links to Subscribestar in the description box, a Patreon alternative, as well as to Patreon, and there's a join button and a few other options. Anyway, thanks, and on to our story, which takes us to the Vatican's official news outlet, vaticannews.com, which provides us with this headline. Jubilee, the commission for witnesses to the faith is born. Cardinal Marcello Semeraro announced it during the Holiness Today conference at the Augustinianium. The Pope has said that this reality, which will be linked to the activity of the dicastery for the causes of saints, be constituted in a stable manner. Novus Ordo Watch on Twitter describes this story as opening the door for the recognition of quote-unquote non-Catholic saints, which is, of course, an impossibility. Remember that dogma I told you about at the beginning of the video. Remember, the one thing Francis wants is, to, is for Catholicism to be put on the same level as everything else. <laughs> because as Bishop Barron famously told a non-Christian to his face on camera, where you can go watch that video online if you want, when asked if he needed to convert to the faith in order to be saved, Barron replied that Christ is merely the privileged path to salvation. And that is sort of the official Vatican II church in practice, lie and line about the salvific nature of the Catholic Church. And it begs a natural question. Why do I need to follow a hard religion with hard teachings like Catholicism in order to be saved, if salvation can be acquired in, frankly, easier religious paths? 
The answer to that question has never been satisfactorily offered by anyone attached to apostate Rome. From the article, quote, This initiative already took place on the occasion of the Great Jubilee of 2000. John Paul II wanted to highlight these figures of men and women who, although not canonized, strongly expressed their faith. Thus, the community of Santa Gidio was commissioned to create this commission. And a list had been drawn up with biographies of people who spoke to the entire Christian world, not just the Catholic world. The experience of this commission was limited to the Great Jubilee of 2000. This idea has returned for the next holy year. Francis has asked that this commission be reconstituted, this time without referring to a specific circumstance, but linking it to the activity of the dicastery for the causes of the saints. For this reason, a stable commission is being created. Folks, here, stable means permanent. This is not limited to 2025. Anyway, in the next few days, we will launch it also as a field of study. Who are these witnesses to the faith? I, meaning the bishop who is speaking, gives an example. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the theologian and pastor of the church who was uh, taken out by opposing the ideology of Germany from the 30s to the 40s, immediately comes to mind. The church does not proclaim him a martyr because he was not a Catholic. However, he is an emerging figure as a Christian witness. Like Bonhoeffer, there are many others. Holiness is not always immediately apparent in the eyes of the faithful. Our service is to bring it to light. We do not build saints, but we help the Pope in discernment. We must show that holiness is not far from us, but that it is a call that concerns everyone. It is not necessary to be canonized, but we must answer the call to sainthood. End quote. And I'll go more into Bonhoeffer and why they're doing this here in a few minutes. Because you may not see a problem with him as an example, but there's a basic question. Well, what Bonhoeffer did was commendable, honorable, braver than anything you or I or most certainly have ever been asked to do or ever will be asked to do. And while we can even hope and pray that our Lord showed him the same mercy, we hope that he shows us upon our particular judgment. The fact of the matter is that we are talking about the dicastery for the causes of the saints, putting the next best thing to a declaration of sainthood on someone who was, strictly speaking, a formal heretic. Being a formal heretic means they denied dogmas of the faith knowingly. That placed them outside the church by every definition of formal heresy used by the church going back to antiquity, even to the definition used to the to this day. How does this help with bringing souls into the church? Of course, this isn't actually about bringing souls into the church. Remember, Francis loves, during the month of October, on what Protestants observe as quote-unquote Reformation Day, to say nice things about the arch-heretic Martin Luther. One of the very few figures in history that the church has all but declared to have gone to the fiery pit for his great and innumerable and incalculable sins against the church and the faith. Francis has gone so far as to have commemorative stamps and statues made of Luther, which he keeps trotting out for the purposes of ecumenical dialogue. Just wait for this dicastery to make the same declaration about Luther or Zwingli or Calvin or Henry VIII that they're going to make for Mr. Bonhoeffer. If anything has been made clear in our time, it's that no church teaching is safe from the hands of the modernists. They want to change the substance of the faith to suit the whims and tastes of the world on all manner of hard teaching and ex extra ecclesium nulla salus. No salvation outside the church is one of the hardest of the church. 
Well, that dogma that membership in the church, Catholic Church is required for salvation is probably the hardest of all these teachings. The synodal process is being used to cast doubt, real doubt on the moral teachings of the faith, a changing which most Catholics in the West have or have heard to some degree, but openly disagree with, including the clergy. The Synod on Synodality is a de facto Third Vatican Council, and it is being used to change all manner of teachings in this way, which is fueled by the same spirit of revolution that fueled Vatican II. Over at a very mainstream site, Catholic World Report, they have an article on the spirit of revolution that is helpful to understanding this functional abandoning of the faith by Francis and his henchmen. So headline from Catholic World Report. The challenge of collegiality and the controversy over synodality. It looks for all intents and purposes that we are witnessing an attempt to alter fundamental church teachings on a range of important issues in the name of quote-unquote listening. And it is in the name of listening that the Vatican will eventually canonize non-Catholic figures in order to make formerly heretical organizations friendly to the church and in order to make the world like the church more, meaning we are more pleasing to the secular world. And why would you want that? None of that will work. And in so doing, those engaged in this activity may very well lose their souls if they haven't already. God only knows the answer to that question, though. That's not for you or I to declare. From the article, quote, Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The current movement toward synodality while laudatory in theory, reeks of those elements feared by the conservative minority at the council and which Monsignor Phillips warned against. It looks, for all intents and purposes, as an attempt to alter fundamental church teachings on a range of important issues, all in the name of, quote-unquote, listening. Listening to what, exactly? The Belgian bishops have just approved a new ritual for blessing James Martin, quote-unquote, unions, despite repeated Vatican statements to the contrary. Many German bishops, Cardinal Marx included, have said that even if their own quote-unquote synodal way did not reach the two-thirds majority required to change church teaching and practice, they were going to still implement it in their dioceses. Cardinal Hollerich, the relator appointed by Pope Francis to run the upcoming Synod on Synodality, is on record opposing church teaching on that sin that cries out to heaven for justice. And Cardinal Tobin of Newark, New Jersey, here in the United States, has just released the results of the quote-unquote listening sessions in his archdiocese. And it seems the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like the ladies on The View. Is any of this what the council meant by collegiality? In a word, no. The entire affair comes across as a ruse, a game, and a cynical strategy for doing an end run around church teaching. Add to this the fact the ruling style of Pope Francis has been anything but collegial or synodal, and you end up with a deep suspicion that synodality is merely a synonym for liberalization, whether it be by papal diktat, as in Traditionis Custodis, or the canning of a Puerto Rican bishop without due process and for no stated reasons, or the suspension of ordinations in a vocationally thriving French diocese, also for no stated reason. 
or the photomocracy of the neo-Montanist synodal quote-unquote listening, it all amounts to the same thing, the baptizing of the plausibility of structures of secular modernity. And this is not what the council meant by collegiality, either juridically or theologically, end quote. The funny thing about collegiality is even the council's definition of collegiality runs afoul of the faith. But that article that I started with, the one which focused on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, used him specifically because his cause is the most easy to argue for. After all, the followers of that German ideology hated all forms of Christianity, at least some of them did, and persecuted it with a vengeance. That's undeniable. Or so the official historical account tells us anyway. Bonhoeffer is easy to sell for this formal recognition by the same dicastery that formally recognizes the sanctity of individuals. This is part of that baptizing of the plausibility of structures of secular modernity that second article talks about, which insists to us that all have the right to any creed they wish, and the church is evil for demanding otherwise, for demanding that people do some basic logic on the most basic claim of the Catholic Church. That basic claim that requires this basic logic is this, that if Christ said things like, no one comes to the Father except through me, and to the apostles who are succeeded in our time by the bishops of the Catholic Church, he said, he who hears you hears me, and go forth and baptize all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them all that I have taught you. Then logically, one must be in the church that Christ founded to be saved. And that church was founded on the rock of Peter and carries on to this day in the Catholic Church, because that's when it was born, going back to an unbroken line to the Apostle Peter, the first Pope of the Church. If you engage in that basic logic, you frankly run into a problem with what Francis is doing. You cannot make such declarations about non-Catholics leaving any judgment about their serving the faith by their witness in, you know, earning what, if they were a Catholic, would be called the Red Crown of Martyrdom. To our Lord, you have to. And all this synodal nonsense that is fundamentally trying to destroy the moral teachings of the Catholic faith must be abandoned before the faith is reduced to a brand. Imagine the Catholic Church being reduced to the religious equivalent of Coca-Cola or Pepsi. One choice to be made among all others that is equally valid. That is the aim of Francis here, for the church to fully emerge as the church of niceness and hugs and kumbaya. But in so doing, it will not be the church of Christ. If you need another example of this from an obvious break in Catholic teaching, Cardinal Mueller was on Raymond Arroyo's show on EWTN last week, the world over, where he was talking about what the Flemish bishops were doing, pushing for formal recognition of those uh, James Martin pairings by the church, complete with a mass setting that blesses such couplings in a rite that is not technically sacramental in nature, but does in every other single way imaginable resemble the sacrament of marriage, complete with vows made before God. Mueller described this as a hostile takeover of the church, and I'm glad to see him on the same page as those of us who have been saying that this is the case for the church for well, the past several decades, because that's what the traditionalist movement has been saying, that this predates Francis by a long shot. On this, Mueller says, quote, The authority of God revealed in Jesus Christ must not be relativized and broken down according to the passing religious wisdom and philosophical insights of, quote-unquote, the authoritative people. Here he's referencing Carl Jaspers of world history. For Jesus Christ is the eschatological revelation of God in person. In the Logos made flesh, all truth of God is contained. The revealed truth of God, which is recorded, unabridged, and unadulterated by the church in the, quote, teaching of the apostles, 
See the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. Cannot be overcome, supplemented, or corrected by any speculative or empirical science from the created reason of man. So the Flemish bishops, by bringing James Martin partnerships closer to the marriage sacrament, as instituted by God, are obscuring the teachings of Christ and his church. They go behind the renewal of man through Christ, our Savior. They capitulate to the logic of the old world, which wants pragmatically to limit the consequences of the fall of man according to human reasoning. Instead of putting on the new man, created in God's image in true righteousness and holiness. See St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Which does not know Christ, see Romans chapter 1 verse 26 to 32, or has fallen away from him again, or the Christian who makes a lazy compromise with it, relativizes the uniqueness of marriage as instituted by God. They betray its dignity by degrading the sacrament as being one among arbitrary forms of togetherness and satisfaction of fleshly desires. End quote. So too with the door to salvation, and any number of other topics you care to think of. That is where the church is at right now in our time. How many of these dogmatic hard teachings do the modernists need to reject and try to change before we acknowledge that they are formal heretics and themselves outside the church? And when that day comes, where does that leave us? Well, let me know what you think of this in the comments, please, because I don't know the answer entirely. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot as well. Again, thanks to the patrons for your support. It's greatly appreciated. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.